0: When the girl proudly produced her nickel, her mother scolded. Not again, Susan. But she only tisked as her daughter flipped the coin in the air. The young man couldn't help but grin at the scene. A talent is only rewarding if you wield it well. That's what his mother had always told him. It seemed to him that this little girl was a master wielder. That's a nice suitcase you've got there. The young man looked up. Standing before him was a man in a gray suit. He might have been 40, he might have been older, and he was, quite easily, the largest man in the bus station, his enormous frame threatening even the brick support posts for sturdiest structure. Sorry, the young man replied. Your suitcase? It's a choice model. Top of the line. Instinctively, the young man grasped the sides of the suitcase just a little tighter. It was a very old suitcase, but sturdy and well loved, boxy and large as a small child, with worn corners and three small dimples near the left clasp. Across the top, a cursive scrawl of silver thread spelled out the brand St. Anthony's. Hidden inside the lining was a single slip of paper that constituted the bulk of the young man's inheritance. The young man cleared his throat. He's just a friendly traveler, he told himself, making conversation. Thanks, he replied. It was my mother's. The words had slipped out without his meaning them to. It was. And he hoped that the older fellow hadn't noticed his use of the past tense. The last thing the young man wanted to talk about was his mother. But the large man in the gray suit merely grinned a sideways sort of grin. It was a grin that suggested he knew more about the world than he was letting on. As though to thank him for his silence, the young man offered his hand. Mason Burgess, he introduced himself. Pleasure to meet you, Mason, the older fellow replied, leaning down to reach Mason's outstretched hand. The man had a surprisingly firm shake. Mind if I wait with you? And with the ease of a man a third his size, he plopped down his worn leather duffel and folded his legs underneath him. He did not mention his name. So, the fellow said to Mason, lifting his hat from his head to wipe his brow. Going north, are you? Poughkeepsie, Mason confirmed. New York, the fellow said, nodding. He seemed not surprised by the information. Good for you. And you, Mason asked, making conversation. I'm a traveling salesman he replied, although it was most certainly not the answer to Mason's question. Odds and ends, mostly. I don't suppose I could interest you in a knot. He opened the right side of his jacket. Inside, where most salesmen might hang watches or whatnots, the old man had pinned dozens and dozens of knots. There were slip knots and top knots and figure eights and tens more Mason had no name for. Mason squinted. You certainly are talented, he told the man graciously. Do you, he searched for his manners, sell many knots then? The older fellow dropped shut the side of his jacket. Heavens no, he said, the last of a guffaw trickling over his words. These are mostly for entertainment. It's a horribly useless talent tying knots. Could have been blessed with a talent for finance or medicine. Even a log-splitting talent might have done me some good. But no, I find myself with knot-tying. Well, the only knot I've mastered is the one to tie my shoelaces, Mason admitted. He couldn't help it. He liked the odd fellow. Every other knot just looks like a tangled mess to me. The man in the gray suit thought about that. Well, that's the thing about knots, isn't it? He replied after a moment. If you don't know the trick, it's a muddled predicament. But in fact, each loop of every knot is carefully placed, one end twisting right into the other in a way you might not have expected. I find them rather beautiful, really. Hmm. Mason had nothing more to say on the subject, so he changed course. It must be an interesting job. Traveling salesman, he said. Seeing the world... It isn't bad at that, the man told him. I'm saving up for a hot air balloon. Faster travel in the views.